everyone, Dave and Jeff, just like Jeff said, we would be here on 9-11. You're a man of your word. Here we are. I am, and we're going to start things off on a high note with an F you of the day. Oh, awesome. Those are the best ones. Oh, I've, Well, let's see what you think. I've got two of them tonight. The first one goes to frequent listener of this podcast. <laughs> His name would be Josh Palais, and the next one goes to Dave Palais. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, really. Okay. I tell you what, I am like, I don't know how many people are reading the Josh Palais Daily 10. (laughs) Are you reading it? He told me today was his last one. What? No, he can't. Okay. Today he rallied back. (laughs) Okay. So Josh, like a couple days ago, not like any of us were knocking at his door going, Josh, please give us your top 10. Yeah. But he started the other day, and he started giving top 10 different things going on. It was like favorite cereals? Yeah, he had cereals was one. That was pretty funny. I like that one. That was good. But he gets the F.U. of the day. Dave, let's look at his gene pool. He is 50% Jewish. Yeah. And the other 50% is what? Italian. Now, and I don't know your your mom. Am I wrong on that? Is he fifty percent Italian, or is he even a bigger chunk Italian? Big, probably. Let's see. I guess bigger because well, it, it's funny because people say Jewish is a religion, but Jewish people say it's a culture. So, sure. My family's from a mixture of Russian, German, and Polish. Okay, so Rita's family is a hundred percent Italian. So he's at least fifty percent Italian. Yeah. So the other day he ranks pizza. Yeah. Local pizza places. And this fucking guy who I love like family puts Costco number one. Oh, I thought you were going to say Little Caesars. That's the one I was like, really? Little Caesars? Yeah, where's DiGiorno's? <laughs> you don't want to put Tombstone on there? <laughs> and I almost texted him and go, listen, great. asshole. And I go, no, I'm going to do it even how he wants it. I'm going to rip him right here. Go ahead. He's goddamn Italian. There's, there's so many places in this town and I know some people like Bronx. They don't yeah. like Bronx. Man, I took my son the other night. We went to Etna, ETNA, right on uh, El Cajon Boulevard. Never like, had it. Oh, my God. So great. Really? Okay. And I'm like, this fucking guy, I thought his poor mother, who's been through enough, yes, is suffered. So I was already, I, I was picturing if I'm Ron Fowler, my little angry fish. <laughs> so mad. Every time I think of Ron Fowler. Clinching his little raccoon hand. I'm so angry. <laughs> but I was like, okay, hey, listen. Everybody, Rod Carew struck out now and then. Josh yes. is struck out. Yes. But he's going to rally back tomorrow. Then he comes back with movies. And while his movie list was pretty good. I thought that was his best one that I agreed with. But I was like, how do you live, leave Heat off of there? I don't and think he's ever seen Heat. My argument for Heat, why he needs to watch yeah, that. It's 25. I don't think he's ever seen it. I, I think, Dave, you could honestly say Heat was the last good movie for 90% of the people in the cast. Oh, that's funny. Tom Sizemore never made a good movie after that. Yeah. Val Kilmer never made a good movie after that. Uh, it's debatable whether Pacino ever made another good movie after that. And it's really debatable if De Niro ever made another good movie after that. That's interesting. But at least with Kilmore and Sizemore, and that is right up his alley. He's an L.A. guy, so, okay, well, if he hasn't seen it, uh, that's kind of more, that might be where you get pulled into that then for letting him down. I did like the movie list, but then when I was frustrated with him, he rallied back today with the 10 most annoying yeah. celebrities. And 
God bless him if he didn't have Amy Schumer number one. Yeah. It's funny. Him and Jake hated Amy Schumer. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree yeah. more. You know who else doesn't like her? Brett Boone. <laughs> oh, my guys. All right. Well, that's three of my favorite guys right there. You know and which I'm, one I liked that he put on there was Dak Shepard. Dak Shepard struck me so funny because, like, Dak Shepard doesn't impact me, but I liked it. He made the top ten. How about the fact – here we go. This is what I found out about Dak Shepard today. Our buddy, Katie Moser, dated yeah. Dax for a year. No way she banged him. For She was with him for a year. Of course she banged him. God. And he cheated on her with Liv Tyler. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> with- and then she told Josh, well, he's a good guy. Well, no, he's not. No. He cheated on you. He left you for Liv Tyler. Yeah. Shit, it would have been a better story if he left you for Steven Tyler. <laughs> Liv Ullman. How old is she? 90? <laughs> Liv Tyler? Yeah. Was she done shit? working at the library? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I was like, this girl has dated more famous people than we know. Yeah, Clooney? Yeah. And I think a couple others. Like, we have another friend. I'm not going to mention her, but we have another mutual friend. That has dated a lot of famous people. And I'm like, man, she holds the record. But I think Katie Mosher might hold the record. I think Katie Mosher's right above Lisa Ann. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I hope he doesn't quit because I get the I get the biggest. You, Dak Shepard struck me funny. You know what's funny about this thing is immediately people freak out. You know, it's great. Is, and I said, what do you think is going to happen? No matter what you put down, you have, it's an opinion. So what Jeff and I do, we kind of like the response. Yeah. And he's like, holy shit, man, people are really fucking mad over favorite cereals or favorite pizza or whatever else. Well, Costco, goddamn. Come on, you're (laughs) fucking Italian, kid. Wake up. Well, hell, I didn't even like his favorite fruits when he listed mango number five. I didn't even like mango. I love that one, too. I was like, how'd that make the list? I have no idea. I hope you're following Josh or your friends on Facebook or social media. Um, one other quick thing. Well, what's my FU? Because I, I let you let him down on uh, the movies? Yeah, you didn't, oh. no, you didn't fucking coach him up that oh, Costco doesn't count as pizza. Dude, he had one guy respond to him and said, Sbarro's. Oh, God. And Josh said, are you fucking serious? It's sitting there for three days. And the guy goes, you ever go to Sbarro's and order a full pizza? And he goes, no one's ever done that. He goes, I ever. do it all the time. This guy Where? says he does it all the time. He goes to the mall and orders a full pizza to go. I'm shocked he didn't put 7-Eleven down. <laughs> Dude, I was in 7-Eleven yesterday. And you know who buys at 7-Eleven shit? And this is an insult to people. I know exactly what you're going to say. Go ahead. All the construction guys. The guys that walk in with the boots and the orange vest. And I'm like, they're just, they don't have a long lunch. No. So they eat 7-Eleven shit all the time. And I'm like, oh my God, dude, that's terrible. I watched, uh, I go to a 7-Eleven in Carlsbad a lot. Yeah. And I see people from south of the border. And I think what they do is probably what we do when we travel somewhere is they just order something they know. Yeah. And so they get the taquitos or they get the pizza or the yeah. like the chicken strips or anything else. They're incredibly polite. They're all nice. They just order it. But yeah, I could see that too, the construction. And I'm workers. just like, dude, that food is shit. Don't eat that. I have that seven eleven point thing. I think I have like ninety thousand points. Cause I go in there and get a bottle of water yeah. and like I go in, I got all these fucking points because i keep getting 300 points for getting a smart water but i'm like well i'm come on in and get a free pizza i'm like no you know i was it's funny you and i at one time were looking at different franchises to jump yes. into 
Seven Eleven was the one I was looking at. I was thinking yeah. of putting it right over here in East Lake, just down the street from where East Lake High School is. Yeah. Dude, it was nothing. It was like twenty five thousand. You have to stock the place, but it's right. twenty five thousand to jump in. I was like, dude, all these high school kids coming down the street ordering their goddamn ices or slurpees. Right. Yeah. So getting their smokes. Yeah. Get- <laughs> well, Stephen Woods graduated, so there goes <laughs> that fucking business. But yeah, otherwise, I'm sitting there going, fuck, man, I can make a ton of money here at Seven Eleven. We looked into a few of them. the The one that would be great and big shock that we got turned down. It's not that big of an investment for Chick Fil A. I was going to do the one by the sports arena because yeah. they opened the one here in East Lake, and I was going to jump in and do the one at the sports arena. But then all of a sudden, Dave, I was doing fine, and then they asked me w- what role religion played yeah. in my life. I was like, ah, shit. <laughs> well, there have been porn that I've seen that I was like, God. Dude, you're and they were like, okay, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. Dave, Dave 316 says we can't have a... <laughs> Clown like you in here. Rehabbing ex-strippers. Yeah, you can't cuss. Nah, shit. But I still love them. Hey, we had an ugly breakup, but I still love them. I think, really, I think that one was like 6,000 to get started. That was it. It was, a lot of them are really, really high. Like, they're crazy things. We looked at everything. Like, there was a time when we just were curious to look at everything from, like, a photo hut Right? Yeah. yeah. Like 90,000. What? Nobody even <laughs> takes pictures anymore. All these different things were like 100,000, 150 UPS stores were crazy, all this shit. Yeah. Chick-fil-A was not bad, but I don't know what the, the rate split is. But anyways, that was fun. One other quick thing on social media. Dave mentioned it was 9-11. Um, what triggered it is I saw Jay Posner remind everybody of an article Kirk Kenny wrote a few years back about Mike Pomeranz. Yeah. Mike Pomeranz, Fox Sports San Diego, some of you may know, others don't, that Mike was, 18 years ago today, was the morning news anchor on WCBS Channel 2 in New York. And when the planes hit, and eventually when the towers went down, the local NBC affiliate, the local ABC affiliate went dark because their towers were on the Trade Center. The antenna for Channel 2 where Mike worked was on the Empire State Building, and Mike ended up being on the air for about 12 hours straight talking to a terrified city with everything going on behind them yep. while worried about a wife, while worried about a daughter. Then Mike got off the desk and immediately went down to Ground Zero and reported. Now, he and I at Petco Park used to talk about this a lot because I love New York City and I'd been lucky enough to be there a few times. And he came on the podcast, and that's why, with all respect to anybody at Extra or anybody at 97.3 that tried to tell that story, they're going to try to tell that story in 11 minutes. I posted a link tonight to the interview that Mike did with us. We go an hour 15 straight, and it's goddamn great. Like, it's really great. It is. And I'll say this about Pomeranz, and Dave, I, I think you'll back me on this. Guy is so good and such a good dude. It is the one time when before I posted the link, I texted him and I said, you cool if I do this? Because I know that's not your favorite topic. And he said, hey, man, I appreciate you checking in. It's all good. Cool. And I said, okay. I said, I just didn't want you to flip onto social media and be like, yeah, 
He goes, no, man, it's it's cool. It's all good. And I just wanted to thank everybody that has listened to that. A lot of you retweeted it, uh, sent it out. It's not about me. It's absolutely not about Dave. But if you were impacted as we all were by 9-11, man, I think Mike's story is amazing. I went back and listened to it today at work. It gave me chills yeah. again. He is, uh, he's absolutely outstanding. I said this before, is he, he's one of our favorite guys. And mm-hmm. San Diego, we know we love our broadcasters. I mean, between Orsillo and Mud, and, and of course, Pomerantz never makes a mistake. He's so good. He's so good. We're lucky to have him, uh, you know, representing the San Diego Padres and, of course, Fox Sports San Diego. He just, he just is the best pro I think I've ever seen on TV. He just never makes a mistake. Yeah, and and he's just as solid and good a dude as you can get. Yeah. And I used to say to him, like, Mike, do you have those shows? Do you have that somewhere? And he goes, no, man. And I said, you're thinking about it as an individual. You're not thinking about it like a parent. And I used to always tell him, when your daughters get older or your grandkids are around, when they realize that you were the only guy on the air, that would be kind of a cool thing. If my dad was the guy on for 11 I would want it. And that's why I say to Dave, when Dave gets ready to move, when you've got a bunch of shows from KFMB, yeah. I don't know if you've got that 9-11 show, but I hope you do. I'll look. It's up uh, top shelf, so I'll, uh, I'll look. Yeah, it's the only show I hope you have, really. And I hope you have that one because not that anything we you or I did that yeah. night. Um, I didn't think we were going to be on, but they asked us to come on. We were on about this time, 18 years ago. And really, I, I mentioned it in the Pomeranz interview. We were just traffic cops. This city, we were on a 50,000-watt station that covered all of California. And people were heartbroken, and they just wanted a place to talk. I remember people crying. I remember people yelling. Super angry. Yeah. I think we were two of them. Yeah. It was really bad. And uh, But in hindsight, I've always said to Dave Sniff, like, I didn't want to do it. I remember the afternoon of that, talking to Sniff, going, man, I don't think we're the show. And he said, nah, we've had it. It's been political. It's been blame game all day long. We just need two people that are real. And uh, I, I don't know about you, Dave, but I'm always grateful to Sniff that he gave us that opportunity to do it. That was quite an honor on a day. Pomeran said it to me today. He said, man, that might be kind of like uh, our JFK day. And a couple other people said that to me today, our JFK day. And for us to have the opportunity to be on and be part of it, just in a very small role, being a traffic cop and just letting people share their emotions, it was pretty special. I get people who will tell me that's the best shows we ever did. You know, Because it, we barely talked? Um, probably because we barely talked. But they said basically it was... The communication that you let everybody sit there and express their feelings saying, yeah. saying, and usually it's women that will say it to me that, you know, obviously it's a sports show. If you were listening to KFMB at that time, I don't know what you were expecting for, yeah. I know you and I didn't expect to work for weeks. And then, um, as you said, Dave Sniff gave us the opportunity to do it. But uh, people have said to me over and over again, uh, by far the best shows we ever did. Well, the thing that I remember is the shows that led into us had been all about Bin Laden and Al-Qaeda, and the Taliban, and I don't know about you, Dave, I didn't know shit about any of that up until 9-11. I really didn't. And on that night, because we weren't qualified to talk about bin Laden or anybody else, 
I just remember we focused on the courage of the first responders running in, going up those steps when everybody else was coming down. And the more you see it, the more you see these stories about guys that ran in carrying that equipment and they're going full speed up those steps, knowing they're probably not coming out, man, unbelievable courage. Josh showed me something last night. I've never seen it was the first plane going in. Yeah, I've seen that too. Yeah, you can find it on YouTube if it's something that you're interested in and watching. But uh, a lot of people say there's no video of the first plane going. No, there in. is, and it, it's well, it shows the one guy that has it. He's working for the fire department. It's like one of his first days, well, and he's told to record everything that goes on that day. And they said, listen to the firemen being interviewed. They said you aren't supposed to hear planes over your head in Manhattan. Yeah, no, there was a documentary that came out. There was a documentary that two brothers filmed. Because they were friends with a firefighter. And so they had been filming with this station for like 25 days. This thing aired on CBS like four it, years in a row. And it, you want to see it, you go to YouTube and catch it. It's, yeah, it, it's because they're out on the street. Yeah. They're out on the street and there's like a, like a gas, something shooting up through like, um, like a manhole cover. So they're out there and they're kind of laughing, right? Because it's kind of the attitude of, ah, oh, maybe we'll get a cat out of a tree. And all of a sudden, as they're sitting there, the, they look up and you see the first plane go in. No, that was part of a documentary. Never saw it till yesterday. No kidding. No. Nope. Yeah, no, that was on every year. That yeah, was a really, really good because they had a guy, a proby, probation guy, and they one of the brothers went with the truck. Yeah, they're actually in. Oh, my gosh, you guys got to find this documentary if you haven't seen it. They follow these guys and they're in the lobby of the trade center filming following these fire department that they had been with this team when all of a sudden the tower collapses. But as they're sitting there and they're filming, you're hearing this and it's the, the bodies hitting from the people jumping out of the other tower. You can hear it. But then as they're in there in the lobby of the tower and I'm like, damn man, I've been in that building. They're in there when the building collapses so it's two, I, I don't know if they're twins, but the one brother's back at the station and all of a sudden he realizes the tower collapsed and he's sitting there filming. He thinks his brother's dead. And then they go and find each other. No, it was, uh, I think the documentary was just called 9-11. Wow. But unbelievable, really emotional because they had followed this particular firehouse around for about 25 days. You get to know everybody and then 9-11 happens. But yeah, it, it, at work today, I talked to people from that were there, guys in New Jersey, guys in New York City today. I said, hey, man, how's the city going? They're like, ah, you know, it's fine. I was like, no, it's 9-11. They're like, God dang. They said, you got to put it out of your mind or it'll consume you. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I went last year to Grand Zero for the first time about a week after 9-11. And so it was as emotional as I thought it would be. It, it, oh, yeah. it's, so, it's so freaking sad. It's so it's it's just crazy when, you know, that with the security guards that walk around will say they ask you to touch as many names as you can. You know, it's just the whole thing is just brutal. Just well, brutal. I was lucky enough to be in those buildings. And for me, I just I loved it. There was such an energy in the entire city, Dave, that you felt. But when you got over there, for me, what I loved is we've all seen what those buildings look like when they were lit up at night. So I was there in the fall. There you're getting a little bit of chill in the air. And, man, they got all the street hawkers are down there from hot dogs to 
pretzels to the roasted, you know, cashews and peanuts and everything. My buddy lived in New York City, freaked out because I'd order everything. And he'd always say, what the hell are you doing? Where, where, there's no bathrooms around here. Where? <laughs> I'm like, nah, they all, they're all up to code. I'd say, oh, shit. He'd go, what code? But you'd go and you'd get a dog and you'd go into these lobbies. And in those lobbies, Dave, it's just this mass of people of everybody going around. And I just dug it, the whole thing. And then, as I mentioned with Pomeranz, that same buddy of mine, Lou Pate, who's on Kogo a bunch, Lou was working at WABC at that time, and he got me hooked up with the helicopter pilots, the traffic guys, kind of like Deb Hankey, Channel 8. So I've been fortunate enough that two different times I went up for a three-hour helicopter ride over Manhattan, both times when the trade centers were standing. So I've got pictures at home, the trade center and Statue of Liberty. But those guys that were so generous with their time are the ones who were up there Working for uh, WABC Channel 7 after the first tower got hit and they're flying and I don't know how close. I mean, maybe you're zoomed in, but it feels like they're 100 yards away from the building. Yeah. And they're sitting there holding that shot when the second plane comes right in front of them. I mean, it happened directly in front of them. And there was a book that was put out. I don't feel like it was. I don't feel like it was on local shelves very long but i got a hold of one and it's like local it would be like the jason Ostells, the dave scott's right yeah. like if something happened here in san diego we'd say oh well i know their name but nobody in cleveland or kansas yeah. city would know their name but that friend of mine john who was the reporter told the whole story he goes man it's right there it happened right in front of me and i just like ah when you watch a TV show or a movie and you see the towers in it, does it make you stop for a second? Yeah, everything does. And I know there's um, so many people that, for whatever reason, hate that place or hate that city. I never have. I had nothing but a great time there. The people there have always been nice. And uh, the plan is in uh, trying to get it figured out. I just don't know timing-wise when it'll work. But it's just... Go back there for like four days and chill out. It, uh, it seems like a weird thing to go to New York City to chill out. but I, I, I loved it last year when I went. Yeah. I would go back in a heartbeat. Yeah. There's just something about that place that I really, really like. And so, yeah, when I see it, I just remember how great people were to me. Yeah. How, like, from Lou to the buddies that were there. And, yeah, to, to realize what happened in that city. And then I was there in December afterwards for a charger game and i was saying to a friend of mine tonight i go the craziest thing about it is i stayed in midtown at a place called the martinique right below the empire state building it was 75 bucks a night that's crazy 75 bucks and it was right before the chargers played the eagles at that time so i went out early stayed in new york did two shows there one from espn zone one from abc radio and I remember saying to the doorman at the Martinique, like, hey, I want to go to Ground Zero, but I don't want to be disrespectful. And we had talked for you know, a couple of different things. And he said, hey, man, no. Go down there. Tell people what you see. And I'll never forget it, Dave. And he said, and remind people New York City is open for business. Yeah, and it was great. But when I went down there, it was the only time that that – picture that we've all seen it kind of looks like what you use to tune a piano kind of looks like the fork yeah. sticking out 
that was still there and the earth movers were still going and the only thing you heard was kind of like the beep 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 of the backing up of the construction the only place in new york city that was completely silent and you were just like god dang yeah amazing time but for 9-11, I asked my kids today, I go, did you guys talk about it? And they said, yeah, we talked about did it at school. They didn't show the video, which is fine. Um, but, yeah, I just think I, I like that. What they did they do say it. at school? Did you ask what they talk about? They just talked about the impact that it had on the nation and probably how a lot of things changed. I'm not sure in seventh grade how much you have, how much you comprehend. I think Josh was in first grade when it happened. And I remember going to pick him up at school. And I told him something really bad happened today. Yeah. He remembers me saying that to him and uh, trying to explain, you know, what was going on. But it was it was crazy. I mean, I've said this on here before, you know, obviously Jeff and I working at KFMB, but I was doing mornings. It was actually my first morning with Ted. Second, because it was a Tuesday morning. The second morning with Ted. And then um, I was off there for weeks after that. But I but I remember Ted was was coming in and i met him at the door from the parking lot mm-hmm. and he been he walked in i wearing like sweatpants and a sweatshirt oh, yeah. and he was trying to gather information turn on that mic and w- hit a home run i mean yeah. was was absolutely great it was uh it was it was insane but i'm sitting there i watched the second one live you yeah. know, go right in i was just standing in the newsroom watching it couldn't believe it i thought i was watching a replay of what i missed before until you realize holy shit man another plane came in um, I got this book and I got it. It's kind of, I mean, I got it at the time, not knowing it, but I've got it for my kids. And it's a book that was put out by CBS News called What We Saw. Yeah. And if you're a history buff or kind of just, I don't know, if you want to have a record of that, inside they have a DVD. And the DVD is what aired that day yeah and it was the early show and we've talked about this on the podcast i remember talking about on the shows but i was not my roommate woke me up and she said hey you gotta watch what's going on and i like a good soldier was on uh channel eight because we worked at kfmb brian gumbel was on during the early show, and I'll never forget it. He was interviewing a woman, and they were all, we talk about with Pomeranz. Everybody was so calm, and Mike said it today, or on the on the interview that I listened back to today. Perfectly clear blue sky day that morning, Yep. and a plane hits the World Trade Center, and no matter what coverage you look at from that day, whether it's the Today Show or what I was watching with Brian Gumbel, they're all so calm. Like, oh, wow. How does this, like, nobody really, in hindsight, easy to say, but there didn't seem any real cause for concern. The second plane hits, and the woman that Brian Gumbel's interviewing, who's on the street, is like, that was intentional. And I remember the tone. He was kind of caught off guard. Why do you say that? Why would you think that? And she said he made no effort to get out of the way. He intentionally ran into the trade center. Yeah. And then when they showed the Pentagon getting hit, you heard everything change in Gumbel's voice. And he was really calm. And then all of a sudden, I just always remember it. He said, oh, my goodness. And I was like, whoops, this is going to be a really, really bad day. And it was. 
When you uh, hear people want to bring up conspiracy conspiracy theories mm-hmm. about nine eleven, do you do you, does your head go that way at all, or you just go, I don't want to believe that? So true. it happened this morning. Happened this morning when I was in grabbing a paper and an OJ. You know, the problem, Dave, is not getting into what the particular conspiracy theory was. Um, it was in regards to the Pentagon yeah. being hit and just questions. And then wasn't so much about the Trade Center as it was the plane in Pennsylvania and the plane at the Pentagon and questions that these individuals had about well, if you see a plane crash, any other plane crash, you see this huge amount of debris. Yeah. Why didn't we see it in the field in Pennsylvania? Why didn't we see it at the Pentagon? It felt like it was really different. Yeah, the first thing you think is, dude, shut up. Go put your foil hat on. But And I didn't get into the conversation. I don't know that they're right, and I don't know that they're wrong. I don't. I just... For me, Dave, I, I, I'm not worried about a conspiracy theory or anything like that. I think what I looked at today were a lot of stories about the people who lost their lives that day, firefighters, and somebody put out this unbelievable audio from like the FAA, and it was conversations between uh, the, the air traffic controllers, people on the plane, voicemails of people calling home conversations of you know just these uh 911 operator talking to a guy who's saying man I'm going to die I'm going to die and then you hear the tower collapse like I go fuck like that's who that for me when I think of 911 I think about those people I think about those families I think about everything else I don't want to think about what is Alex Jones tell me happened this day I couldn't give less of a fuck I just I really, it just bothers me as a parent, somebody who loves New York City, loves this country, that to hear that stuff and remember that, yeah, that day we were incredibly vulnerable and it sucks. Yeah, it was, I mean, when you say you're, you're struck on your own land is yeah. what's the, you feel like you're sucker punched, mm-hmm. you know? As an American, you were sucker punched. Yeah, a couple of Kings, Scouts, Ace yep. Bailey, one of them, were there and just, just talking, like I said, just talking to people today uh, about... Uh, Canner, the Canner Fitzgerald, I think, yeah. was the firm. They had friends there and just so many people that were there. And it, no, man, I just, you see, you hear Mike Pomerantz tell his story and, and the different audio clips and things like that. Yeah, man, uh, that that's why I tend to keep my focus. Keep my focus on all those people that lost their lives that did nothing more. I, I mean, somebody put it last night on Facebook. And they said 18 years ago tonight, 3,000 people went to bed not knowing that tomorrow their lives would be over. And you look at that, you go, shit. Like, yeah, that's where I'm at. It's a lot. I mean, that's a lot of people. Right. We've never, I, I mean, like Mike said, he's never been the same. So many, has anything, right? Has anything ever been the same after that day? It's the date that you know on the calendar when it's coming up and you know yeah. the day exactly. You know, I mean, it's not like it ever skips by and you go, hey, yesterday was 9 11. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it hasn't felt that way ever. My son's had a funny question tonight that I hadn't thought of. And maybe and people felt that way when they were alive during Pearl Harbor. I have no idea. Or Kennedy. 
you know. Yeah, Kennedy would have was one that people said. Ke- it's the reason I asked you about uh, conspiracy is because of Kennedy. Because we love the conspiracy theories when it comes to Kennedy. Sure. But when it comes to this one, you kind of like, ah, fuck, I don't want to know. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, because it, it, you, you just don't want your head to go that way. That we right. could sit there and turn on each other if that's what a, if that's what yeah. the conspiracy theorists believe. But as far as the Kennedy goes, with all the the people that were there and seeing shots right. came from here and and this direction, and it's not where it came from, and it's impossible to get off six shots on Kennedy's head and everything else. That there's something fascinating about it, maybe because it, it's one guy. But again, yeah. when it's three thousand innocent people, and really it's more than three thousand when you look at everybody that's sure. involved and you add it up. But you, you sit there and you you like to play the game a little bit because there's there's almost feel like there's no harm. But when you go conspiracy theory. On uh, on what happened in New York City, you, you go. Wait a second. You know, hold on. I thought we were sucker punched by the enemy. Were you saying we were sucker punched by our own? Well, it's a for me. Um, it was a completely different feeling being at Dealey Plaza than it was being at Ground Zero. I agree, hundred percent. I'd Complete. go back to Dealey Plaza tomorrow. If oh, I was in I'd Dallas. go hang out all day. But I don't know if I ever go back to Ground Zero. Uh, I'll go back because I haven't been back. Since December, I haven't been there in 18 years. Been back to New York City, best of my knowledge. I don't, I don't think I've been back since December of 01, and I'd been there like four times in three years. There's so many things I loved about New York City. I had to go because, yeah, obviously, you know, it's such a big point in American history, but I just don't see myself going back to Ground Zero. Yeah. I'd go back to New York City in a heartbeat and watch the and walk the Brooklyn Bridge and yeah. the Empire State Building and everything else that I love about it, but I don't think I see myself going back. Yeah, that place, uh, it's fantastic. Um, I was going to say something on, oh, my sons. Today asked me something that I had not ever thought of, and I don't think anybody said to me. So the 9-11 was Tuesday, and yeah, they said to me, man, what if your birthday is that day? I said, God, it's funny you say that. I've met people. Yeah, there are a lot of people. Whose birthday falls on the 11th. And, and I'm sure there's somebody turning 18 today yeah. that goes, hey, I'm an adult. I can do all these things. But every day I'm reminded of what happened the day I was born. My son Cade said to me, he goes, Dad, your birthday was three days later. What was it like? And I go, whoa, I hadn't thought about it. I thought about it tonight. We went, uh, I just remember we went to dinner and... Like nobody could even fake it, right? Nobody yeah. could even fake it. We went. I was happy to see family. I just feel like all of us were just like, even me. We're like, man, there's a million places I'd rather be. And uh, yeah. So he said, what do you remember about it? I said, I remember it was incredibly sad and it wasn't over fast enough. So let me ask you this question. When we... When they they started putting planes back in the air, you and I mm-hmm. took a group of listeners to Dallas. Yeah, we right went, after saw that. the Charger Cowboy game. Uh-huh. So we went on that plane, and all of us are thinking the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. fuck, you're thinking about the people that were involved in 9-11. Mm-hmm. When you get on a plane now, does mm-hmm. it come to your mind every time? Um, I mean, I'm just a believer when it's your time. It's no, your no, time. no, no, no. Not saying you're afraid, but do you think of those people? Not saying this could happen to me, but do you think of those people when you get on a plane today? Not now, today. I think I do. I think every single time I get on a plane, it, it runs through my head. Yeah, no, I, I don't I do not do it now. I remember we went to Dallas, or whatever that was, feels like about two weeks later. Yeah. 
And then, like I said, in New York, going back to New York City, uh, three months later in December, yeah, that was pretty wild. But I've been, shit, Dave, I've flown so much in those 18 years that, no, I, I don't I don't get on thinking 9-11 or thinking anything like that. You know, uh, my wife was a flight attendant before 9-11, and she said they had tons of classes on what to do when your plane's hijacked. Yeah. You know? It's something as a flight attendant, you go through all that stuff a million times. Sure. Yeah, they just, I just remember how different everything was. I remember the fact that you could just, you could walk right to the gate. Yep. If Did you, you could walk your family members to the gate. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. If you had friends coming in from Boston, say, oh, hang on, let's go see American Flight 25. Oh, they're going to be at gate A3. All right, well, let's just go hang out. Yep. You just meet them right there. And you could just cruise on. God dang. Now, I mean, if anything, Dave, what I think of is how different it is to fly and how, like, flying used to be great. Yeah. And now, with everything that's changed, yeah, it's it's not necessarily that great anymore. But uh, I appreciate the TSA guys, man. It's a miserable job. Absolutely miserable job. People are dicks to those guys every day. I'm not. I just tell them thanks. Show up early enough. Like, it's on me. Just plan... Plan that it's going to take you two hours to get to your gate. And if you get in in half hour, then bring a fucking paper and read it. Leave those dudes alone. They're fine. Man, it's, uh, again, it's it's a depressing day for sure. It's never one of those days that that, that go by that you just go everything. But you got to right. remember thought, it. You know, you, you have know, yeah, to remember yeah, No, 100%. It. I'm with you. I thought one of the most interesting things in our career uh, having to do with 9-11 was, you know, shortly after Pat Tillman decided oh, yeah. he's given up his football career to join. And when his mom came in a studio with us, she told us a story off there that was incredible, you know, yeah. about her son and his death and yeah. and everything that led to it. It was it was it was an absolutely incredible story. Um, a couple of quick things to we'll move off of 9-11. The other day when we were in here on Sunday, I mentioned everybody who we had met at the suicide pre- uh, prevention walk. The two guys I forgot to mention uh, were Esteban and his son. Um, and I didn't bring my phone in. Fabian. Fabian. They were nice enough to come up. I was there with my friend Pam. Yep. My friend Pam is my other friend Erica, who we lost earlier this year on March 20th. Pam was Erica's cousin. Pam and her husband Gary an unbelievable job to help us as a team finish top four those two pam and gary were like top three individual donors they raised that much money by themselves and so i was visiting with pam and kind of getting some details um kind of filling in some blanks to erica's story that i didn't know and fabian and esteban came over and said hello and Dave, they couldn't have been nicer. And I just, I apologize to those guys because the other night when we were going through and cranking out everybody's name, uh, I forgot to mention those two guys. So thank you for coming over. Uh, they love the show. Father and son, they listen the whole time. And uh, it just, I love that stuff. So when when you come over and say hello, thank you very much. Uh, one other quick thing that I do want to mention tonight. Um, 
it looks like because we won't be back here until Sunday night. Sunday, we are expecting in the UT sports page, Bryce Miller to have an article about Jake's projects. And what's pretty wild about it, and I'll ask Dave about it, is he's been working on this for a couple of weeks. And you're in it, obviously. Did he talk to Rita and Josh? Uh, No, did not. Okay, so it's... I know he talked to Julian Escobedo. Oh, he did? He talked to Julian. He talked to Brett Boone. Brett Boone, me. Yep. And I don't know who else. So the article was originally supposed to run on September 7th. And then we got a phone call from Bryce saying, hey, I'm kind of working through some things. And it's probably going to run... Last Saturday, right? Well, last Saturday the 7th was the first day. But then he said it'll be online Friday the 13th in the paper Saturday the 14th. And then I talked to him the other day and he said, no, you know what? We're actually going to run it in the Sunday paper. And he said, we feel like it's a Sunday paper story, which I 100% agree with. And it's going to be pretty wild. And so uh, this Sunday, uh, like, I think we'll see it Friday. So I think you'll have an opportunity, you especially, to see it on Friday and kind of take it all in. Um, But he went back and watched the memorial. We talked a little bit about when we changed because we had been like Dave and Jeff Charities and just that night at Jake's memorial is when I said, hey, we're going to change it. It's going to be Jake's projects, which has been great. And we talked about a couple other things. But I'm really, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. A lot of things coming up. Jake's birthday is coming up. Anniversary is coming up. But I feel like, Dave, this can be a really cool step in the right direction as we kind of try to keep his legacy moving forward. I'm very excited about it. Um, Again, Bryce spent a lot of time and making sure all the details are are knocked out. Um, You know, it was interesting talking to him. I sat down with him for a couple hours. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, just, just a great guy. And, and at the time, I mean, not because he's writing the story, great guy, because when Jake passed, he was one of the first guys to send a huge thing of flowers, Yeah, you know, um, super nice. And, and I don't know Bryce, like I know a lot of people, but Bryce from that moment on, I was like, this guy's uh, important to me. He was at our event. He was at our event as well. But, uh, again, in, in my worst moment, he was one of the guys that decided, Hey, I'm going to send something. Yeah. Um, and, and for everybody that reached out was just absolutely, uh, absolutely incredible. Um, very nice. So we sat down and as I'm trying to tell the story of where I came from, where Jake, uh, you know, started off where Jake hit the skids, where Jake rebounded and and was doing well, I was kind of all over the place. I even said to him, this is not going to be easy for you to write. He was recording me as I was going. I said, look, I'm just jumping all over. I didn't know what direction you wanted to go. And I think one of the reasons taken so long is because it was kind of like a Jackson Pollock painting It was just all over the fucking place. And he had to put all the pieces together. And then plus talk to you, talk to Brett, talk to Julian. Um, I'm looking forward to it. The whole idea of the of him writing this story because Luke Ramirez did a great job early in the year really writing nice. a story about um, Josh and I coaching without his brother. Is um, This is about raising awareness for Jake's projects. Yeah. And that's why I was willing to sit down with Bryce to do this. Not so much to, to talk about Jake, but to hopefully help other kids, which is what Jake would have wanted, which obviously is what Jeff and I want. 
and uh, hopefully this goes a, a long way. As I'm sitting there talking to you, I'm looking at my computer right now. There's a guy who listens to our show who's been a big supporter of our show. I don't know if he's even come to an event, but he always pays attention to what you and I do. He's been a fan of ours for a long time. His name is uh, uh, Santiago Marine, and him, oh, yeah. and him and his brother, him and his son, excuse me, listen to our show, and they uh, support us. He just sent me a, a message because he checks in on me once a month to say how you're doing, and then he just yeah. said, um, it's my son's birthday this month. I know it's your son's birthday. Uh, we want to make a donation to Jake's projects um, and ho- hopefully help other kids out. And that's a whole nice. idea is to help other kids out. Yeah, this, uh, I think it's this Saturday, if I remember right, um, is the one-year anniversary of Canelo Triple G. I think it's the 15th. Bryce and I looked it up. And I just, I talked to him about that day for me going with Jake to the fight because you guys, does that make sense? Yeah. Were you guys in? We're in New York. Yeah. But I'm right on that, right? Yeah. The 15th, it wasn't the 8th? No. I think it was the 15th. And how we just, just talked to him about what he wanted his legacy to be and just mentioning the fact that we were doing something for suicide awareness. He had a completely different perspective on it than anybody else that we knew. And he was excited to help. And as we were out at that walk this past weekend, I was like, man, these were the kind of things. These were the groups that were reaching out. Che Hernandez, LaDonna Harvey, and others saying, do you think Jake will talk? And I talked to him that night and said, hey, man, like can you do this? Cause I think he got, and he was stoked. Yeah, he was. And he was ready to go. And, and somebody, um, inadvertently meaning no harm at all. We were talking on at that event and I'll, I'll leave their name off it because I, they absolutely meant no harm. But I said, yeah, suicide has been a big impact. I said, I lost Erica and Dave lost his father. And this person said, and Jake, I said, no, Jake was not a suicide, and they immediately apologized. I said, no, it's okay. Yeah. I said, I'm glad you said it so we can clear up any confusion. Jake was not a suicide. Jake had attempted suicide in the past. What happened on October 30th was he got his, I mean, we've told you, he got his Xanax and somebody had laced it, and it took his life. But he did not take that pill with the intention of ending his life. And so... Yeah, I mean, that that's an important part to get out there, too. And that's what I said to Bryce a couple of different times is, like, look, I, I don't know what was in his head, but I know he wasn't ready to end it. No. I know he was excited about the future and where he was going and what he could do to help, what he was going to say in stand-up comedy and other things like that. So, yeah, I, I also said to my son Jack tonight, I go, look, I shared... And I said to Jack's mom, I go, hey, if somebody brings this up to you, I said, I just have always found it incredibly weird that October 30th had always been, I mean, I've said it here for years, that I had always thought about that day as the worst day of my life because my son Jack almost died that night before he was born. And on this podcast a year ago, on the 29th, on the Monday night before we lost Jake, and... I said, yeah, tomorrow has always been the worst day of my life. 
and tomorrow it's going to be Jack Appreciation Night. Yeah. And I'm taking him, and we laughed about it. And I said, yeah, I'm going to take him to dinner. We're going to go hang out. I was literally driving to pick him up. What I told Bryce, I said I was going to pick him up, and I got the call that Jake had passed away. And I said, within a 24-hour window, what had always been the worst day of my life, when I had cleaned the slate, it immediately became Dave's worst day. And that will be part of the story because it's just it's the bond on this show that you have. Uh, most of it's good. Unfortunately, that is just it gives me chills thinking about it. But um, but I just look, man, I'm glad he's writing it. It it for you, Dave, for Rita, for Josh and especially for Jake, because I just said, look, it 2018 is and I've said this to you a 100 times on the air off the air. It's the year that he changed from being your son to being my friend. Yeah. And uh, and it was great. And he was great. And I think that's what's going to help is that I believe the article will tell you a lot about what we want to get done with Jake's projects. But I believe it'll tell you a lot about what Jake was like as a guy. Uh, it's really important to me that Jake was doing well this last year. I mean, I've said yeah. this before. If this would have happened in 2017, I couldn't have told you that I would have been 2015 surprised. or 16 yeah. when you would sit there every day when we're trying to do these shows and we got to act interested in talking to Mike McCoy or Fred Mass or any of yeah. these other shitheads. <laughs> and you're like, I got to fucking see if my son or my mother-in-law or both are still there at my house. Yeah. You had your mother-in-law here, yeah. too. My mother-in-law who had uh, who's suffering from Alzheimer's, who, again, I thought she was going to burn the house down or Joe's turn the gas on, you know, nonstop, right. you know, whatever. And so, yeah, it was, it was, you know, as I said, we're selling this house. As Rita said, we moved in with five, we're leaving with three, you right. know, in just a short amount of time. And you go, wow, and it, 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 it's, it's nuts. Today I had... Um, today I had a detective over at the house who, who came to get his PlayStation. And the reason he gra he they asked for the PlayStation is he first of all uh, I'll get into more stuff as I'm allowed to talk. I just there's a lot of stuff I got to keep quiet because this case isn't isn't settled on uh, who gave Jake the pill and and everything else. So I, I can't talk a lot about that yet. But anyway, we we're up in his room, walked him through the whole thing Damn. about you know last conversation, last time we saw him, when we saw him, when you were there when we when we found him. Um, but we're going through the whole thing and. Uh, and talking about the play, the reason they went the PlayStation is where he was playing Fortnite when he died. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, he reaches over and he takes a Xanax pill that he thinks is just going to help him fall asleep because he was having a bad couple of days. And I uh, thought he was just going to wake up the next day and, and everything would be good. He never woke up. So they wanted the PlayStation to figure out who he was playing with. Yeah. Because I always wondered this too. The guys he was playing Fortnite with had to right. go, where did you go? Yeah. Because you play as a team. Yeah. Like, did you just fall asleep while you're playing the game? Where are right. you? And so see if they could track down the people to get really a time of death is what we're trying to find. Because I believe, honestly, that the more and more I think about it, you and I did a show on the 29th. Yeah, when, we were doing, when we were doing the show, Jake was in the other room from where we are right now, and he was arguing with my wife. And I remember mm -hmm. I got off there, and I went in the kitchen, and I said, what the hell? And right, she, candy. And right? It was something stupid. Yeah, Jake yeah, wanted candy because he said, and Halloween's a couple days away. I know there's candy. And my wife was looking at him like, are you out of your mind? Yeah. You know, what are you talking about? Jake had lost like 100 pounds. Yeah. Like, you don't eat candy anymore. What are you talking about? It was the dumbest conversation of all time. And so within hours, I think that's when he passed away. When you and I fin finished the show, we just didn't find the body until the next day. Yeah. But he... um 
So I'm, anyway, I'm talking to the detective today, and I'm going through the story, and he just reaches over and just hugs me, man. And yeah, this is what he does cool. for a living. And so I just said, here's the deal. When we talk about stuff like this, I and mean, this is real-life stuff for me, 9-11 is real-life stuff. It doesn't get more serious than this. I can't tell you how many shows I've watched on ESPN where a child dies, and I'm sitting there on my couch, and I'm bawling. Right. I can't believe I have the same fucking story. I just can't believe it. I got one of these stories. Right. So I, I sit there and I'm, and I'm telling him, and I just said, you know, here's the deal. I really want answers to what happened, and I don't want another family to go through what we've gone through, but every time I go through the last day of my son's life to the last minute, if we, I was trying to put the piece of the puzzle together, I don't sleep for three straight days. You yeah. don't understand. I just can't fall asleep. I just, it, it, it's the, every night of trying to fall asleep is a battle for me yeah. where I have, I have complete panic attacks. I, the only way I can ex- tell you it's like it feels like you're drowning in tar. Fuck. And then if you, you can't fall asleep, now you're up and you just walk the house till the sun comes up. And then you yeah. try and go the next day. And then you know what? Next thing you know, it's Saturday, dude, and you and I can be talking and I still haven't slept. And that's yeah. that's one of the reasons why why I've had major health problems since Jake has passed is because, dude, I'm just not sleeping. I average, you know, up until a month ago, I was averaging maybe five hours a week. Ugh. Just wasn't sleeping. And, yeah. you know, you look at me a couple times a week, but hell, my mother who was visiting said, you look terrible. And she was right. I mean, yeah. I mean, skin color wasn't good. My blood pressure's not good. I'm on freaking anti-stroke and anti-heart attack medicine. I'm like, just no, for a person that is pretty active, all of a yeah. sudden, this has big time affected me, just like I'm sure it would affect any other parent out there. But the the nightmare of what we've gone through and going back to what Bryce is trying to do with this article is raise awareness. You know, sports is a big part of it, but trust me, we're going through, you don't reach out and take basically prescription drugs that aren't meant for you. And, and you can say whatever you want. There are people who have been extremely cruel yeah. that have reached out to want to sit there and rip my kid to me, which yeah. is a huge fucking mistake. Try doing that to my face. You're pretty brave on a fucking right. keyboard. A lot of these do it to my, guys. do it to my face and we'll see yeah. how, how long you last one, two, um, I will tell you he was wrong. I will tell you he wouldn't defend his actions, you know, right. and he wouldn't recommend it for anybody. He made a huge fucking mistake. 20-year-old kid made a huge mistake. 20-year-old kids think they're invincible. Yeah. People like you and I don't take pills that aren't meant for us, and that's what happened. He, someone, he was going through a bad three days, and someone said, dude, to take the edge off, help you fall asleep, you'll be fine. Take this pill. And he yeah, happened to be the one he took. the wrong guy. Trusted the wrong guy. And, it, and as we found out, it was a guy he never met before. Shit. As we've gone through his phone and the detectives have gone through it, it's a person he's never met before. My wife and I don't know who he is. Josh doesn't know who he is. And when they went back through five years of his phone, Jake had never had communication with this person ever. God damn. It was, a, it was, a, it was an accident for on Jake's side, and, um, and that's where we're at right now. And so for Bryce to write the story and hopefully save a life down the line, that's the point. Yeah, I mean, that's it. That, that's what the goal is. Um, I hope... And I don't know. I know he's been working on it a lot. Um, I hope there's part, and maybe it comes from Brett, to share the humor of who Jake was. Because that kid, I've said it a million times, he would come down here, he would sit on these two couches, mountain of a man, God damn, we would just laugh our ass off. Usually at my expense, but yes. Yes. It was uh, exactly why we enjoyed it. It it was, you know, and people ask me when we we go through as we're going up on these weeks of when we last year at this time, we went to Boston and New York and Josh bought the tickets for me, for Jake, for Rita 
to go as a gift from him to us because he says you guys never go on vacation i'm going yeah well, jake planned on going yeah last minute jake backed out jake was so afraid of being around people he he couldn't do it for a kid that used to go out all the time became basically a kid that that wouldn't go out in the public couldn't be around big crowds he was afraid of what's going to happen in manhattan the night that you took him out was honestly looking back at it i would, wouldn't change it for the world because so many things happened for him number one he had a great time he went let, he left the house number one two is he had a great time he felt safe with you felt mm-hmm. safe with sean walchef and you guys treat him like a king. It meant the world to uh, me that I was back there and you guys took care of him. He didn't stay in the house for a week. Two, um, he developed a, a friendship with Sean. Sean put his uh, sandwich on the menu, and the menu is right next to Jeff right now. Every time someone sends me a picture of the Jake sandwich that they order at Cali Comfort, I tell you, it makes me tear up every time. I can't, can't thank you guys enough for doing it. And Not so sure it needs provolone. And, <laughs> and so... He, uh, it, overall, it was a great night for Jake. He he talked about that night more than you guys talked about that night. It meant the world to him, too. Well, what was big that night for me, and probably, I believe, for him, is giving him the opportunity to talk candidly about depression. Yeah. Because uh, 2019's been a lot different for me, thankfully, than 2018. 2018... There were really, really dark patches of 2018, and a couple had happened not within long. the first six weeks of 2018. Yeah, and like man, so he and I talked a lot that day about Lexapro and some different things that just respectfully you and Rita and Josh couldn't talk to him about. So he and I could just talk candidly about God. This really fucked me up and this is where I was and he said oh shit yeah man I've been there I've been there on those dark patches and I talked to him about god damn I was ready to go to Mexico and then I I talked to him I said look I've never been suicidal can you talk about that he goes oh yeah and we we talked about that and we just just like I think Dave the thing that I've said to people that are close to me is um Look, I'm either your best friend or your worst friend because I'm never going to judge you for what you do in your life. And just tell me your stories, good, bad, and different. I'm fascinated yeah. by them. And, uh, and I, I just don't judge people. And that's why, I don't know, it's probably why I'm friends with a cross-section of people and I've always gotten along with a cross-section of people because I just everybody's got a story. Yeah. And if you make them comfortable, they may share it with you and you may learn something. And so for me... He's just somebody, both of your sons, way before my own son showed up, those guys have just always been such a huge part of my life that to hang with them and talk with them and just kind of try to get a gauge of where he was was as rewarding for me as I hope it was for him. So, uh, yeah, I had a great night that night, and I was really excited about his future and where he was going and I know exactly what you mean because you and I would sit in there in the mornings at extra and it's funny, right? It's funny. There's a bunch of fucking douchebags in this town that at some point somebody's going to fuck up and I'm going to mention names on this show. I'm not going to do it tonight because I'm classy. <laughs> Jake would like me to mention names and I should, <laughs> but it's really funny. Say, I bet you won't. Uh, it's really fucking funny in this town. How many people think they know shit or think the way you and I should handle anything. And I'll just say this. If it gets back to him, if you're talking about us 
Say it straight up to me. Yeah. As Dave said, say it straight up. Don't talk to us like, hey, you're our friend, and then motherfuckers behind your back, because I'll break your fucking jaw. I really will, and I never say that, but there's nothing more insulting to me than somebody that shakes your hand and stabs you in the back. Yep. I couldn't give less of a fuck what these particular individuals, and I know what you said, and I know who you said it to. I don't need you in my life. Dave doesn't need you in my life. You're a fucking zero. And so if you're making phone calls and you're questioning anything that's said on this podcast about people in the radio industry, go fuck yourself. And people listening are like, what? <laughs> Don't worry about it. It doesn't involve you. You're fine. I love you. But it's just when a friend, when you hear about people that are supposed to be supporters of yours... That get their feelings hurt because shit I've said. You don't know what the fuck our life was like when Dave's saying, dude, my son has to be committed. Jake was fucking committed because he was fighting yeah. 5150. And Dave's wondering if his mother-in-law is going to blow this fucking house up. We worried about it every fucking day. Dave, is your house going to be blown yeah. up? That is legit. That is not hyperbole. So if I say Brian Long's a fucking douche, Brian Long's a fucking douche. Because he knew what was going on here every day and had zero fucking ability to relate to what Dave was saying. He put it out on the surface. He couldn't. I'm sorry, Dave. He couldn't have given less of a fuck. Oh, I know. He could not have given less of a fuck. And when we were at 1090, Mike Shepard could not have given less of a fuck. So if anybody is concerned about anything I've ever said about Mike Shepard, go fuck yourself. I will beat the fucking shit out of you. If you pick up a phone call and say anything I have said on this show about Mike Shepard, who's a fucking dick, and it hurt your feelings, or anything I've said about Brian Long, who's a fucking dick, say it to me directly. Because there's two guys that I've had 25 fucking conversations with that don't have the balls to say it to me directly because you're a fucking pussy. And I, for me, say it to fucking Dave. Dave was the guy whose house was afraid it was going to get blown up. Say something to him, motherfucker. You won't because you're a prick. I got enough friends. I got two. <laughs> Dave and Kyle Kraska. And a thermos. That's all I need. That's all I need. I'm yeah. not here again, buddy. I'm not breaking any jaws. <laughs> there was a guy yesterday on, yeah. on Twitter that said something. And I was like, man, I just want to say, where do you What'd live? Say? Here's my address. Dude, that we were talking Padres. All right, this is your Padre Twitter guest, okay? And we were, oh, those guys did. Oh, don't we were talking. We were talking Padres, and what I said was the Padres should hire Dave Dombrowski, right? And then go out and sign uh, Strasburg and JD Martinez. Oh yeah, I saw free you agents. spend about four hundred million. And then uh, yeah, okay. And then uh, and then trade for Mookie Betts because the Red Sox say he's on the block. Okay. And this this comes from a guy that's been fired three times less than no, Cilio. Now wait a minute, I gotta I gotta fucking defend that guy. Oh really? Yeah. Do you you, you didn't, were fired with me? I understand. You didn't realize who that was. Oh, I know who it was. He was at our event. Yeah. Okay. Well, dude, what the fuck had nothing to do with our fucking uh, had nothing to do with my argument about the Padres? What the fuck is this all about? Yeah. And then no. Leisure Fryer, who Jeff's a hundred percent right, you old coot, muted, mute your ass. Every did. time someone rips me, you fucking like it, you old cocksucker. I liked it, too. You hope you and your arthritic thumbs and shit don't work anymore. You that fucking like it, you piece of shit. And I'm like, dude, you got some fucking nerve. I've been doing this for 25 fucking years, you asshole. Yeah, no, that one actually I like. I didn't like that at all. Well, good. And the I funny like thing it. is, 
as Greg Bergman pointed out, you're a fucking Dodger fan. Hey, Stop playing this what, game what like are we, you. What are we watching right now? We're watching the Cubs probably oh, for you. You're probably scouting, you a dick. I do need to win this bet. Yeah. <laughs> I do need that thousand bucks. You do. So I can bet it all on Oklahoma to fucking trans- bounce what? UCLA. Easy but, for you to say. Drink water at the same time. What do you want me to do? Yeah, the guy who ripped you yesterday isn't one of the... Oh, 90- I know. He fucking worked with John Connor. Yes. Well, fuck you, dude. You're listening right now. Go fuck yourself. I told And tell John to hand my address to him. Because I'm ready to dance, you fucking asshole. I got like 5'9". Yeah, what I told well, you? Good. I told you you took I'll it. Fucking, the, I'll do it while sitting in this chair. He's 3'11". Dick. Fucking asshole. I did like that one. I oh, thought I it knew was you funny. would. You son of a bitch. There are guys on there that are I'm going to go move to LA and break. hang out with Greg Bergman. Yeah, Greg Bergman says you can go fuck yourself, too. Hey, He's like, what's with all the Padre Greg Bergman's 160 pounds. He'll I'm beat the shit out of you. <laughs> all right, we're not beating anybody up. I'd like to. I know. It'd be a lot of fun. It'd be what a lot of fun. You can't I, hit anybody. Remember the good old I days know. where you could just hit somebody? Dude, you could. I still say you should pass. This is my two things. Four-day work weeks, like I told you a couple yes. weeks ago. And you should be able to knock one person out a year without getting arrested for it. Just one. And guess what? If you get knocked out more than once a year, you're the fucking asshole. Figure it out, dipshit. You know, think about it. If somebody knocks you out twice in one year, you must be a real fucking dick. <laughs> Look at us. It'd be the best therapy ever. Uh, it was funny. It changed my ways. I kept getting knocked out. I had a conversation today with somebody who's on Twitter. And they were like, oh, these fucking Padre Twitter people. Yeah, it's crazy. I I don't see it anymore. You brought up something the other day that I hadn't seen. Yeah. Then there was another thing today that I hadn't seen. And I'm just like, fuck, man. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Dude, because they're what... losing. If they were winning, everybody would be cool. Everybody's uh, pissed off because they're losing. Well, I think there's. I think here's the problem. Yeah. Without mentioning names or accounts <laughs> or anything else, I think there's a lot of you that have. Well, I shouldn't say a lot of you. That, that's not fair. I think there's a few of you that have an overinflated sense of self-worth and your impact on social media. Yeah. And for you, I'd tell you very gently, go fuck yourself. <laughs> very gently. <laughs> now, because I've muted all of you, I don't know which ones it is. So you guys will have to determine that amongst yourselves. Um, don't you think if they're winning, everybody would be nicer to each other? Nah, I think it'd also everybody's... be annoying as fuck. Okay, now when the season Except ends... Except for the 10 who I really like, and you 10 know who you are. Wink, wink. When, when the season ends in yeah. two and a half weeks, does Padres Twitter go away till... No, I think Padres Twitter... No, that's a great point, Dave. As frustrated as I am right now um, with all some of this shit, that you hear about, and I haven't seen it directly, but I hear it from pretty good sources. My like, God, oh, that's why I got the fuck away from it. Um, Preller the other day on the Ben Higgins show <laughs> said, <laughs> and kudos to Ben who did a great job on that interview. Oh Christ! Yeah. Uh, Ben Woods is a paid customer, by the way. Fuck him. Ben is not. Fuck him. Gave him a little bit of gentle. You were there. Constructive criticism. And he's so fucking blind. He couldn't see it. 
It's the Ben Higgins show until he apologizes. Uh, Preller said, <laughs> Preller said it's going to be an active offseason. We got the brown jerseys to show in, the white jerseys, oh, fuck. the alternative jerseys. We're going to fire this asshole hitting coach. <laughs> and we're bringing back the chicken. <laughs> fuck, did you know Trevor went in the Hall of Fame? We're going to have nine Trevor promotional nights next year. <laughs> Arky Sinfraco's going to ring the Mission Fed Bells. We got Rich Herrera bringing out the fucking uh, caravan. <laughs> Randy Jones will do something. We don't know what the fuck he'll do, but we'll do something with Jonesy. And everybody on social media. Uh. Did he say it was going to be an active offseason? Did he use that line like he uses every yeah. year? Ben wasn't fucking around. You fucking sit over there and sign to that microphone. I swear to God, I'll throw this Look, fucking water bottle you. at you. My number one is plastic. I'm sure it's going to leave a big fucking mark. Ben asks questions you're even scared to read, much less say. <laughs> is that right? Look, I don't give a fuck how good of a basketball player A.J. Preller is. Let's stop talking about that. That's, let's get it fucking out of fourth place before I worry about him beating 12-year-olds in one-on-one basketball. <laughs> fuck off. Jesus, they keep trying to book this kid to play him in basketball at his driveway. On the Ben show? On the Ben show. I keep seeing it. Hey, calling out A.J. and he's going to play him. And I'm like, who gives a fuck? Get out of fourth place. And I don't want to see Ty France in a fucking Padre uniform next year. Why not? Jesus. And quit telling me how great Nick Martini is, okay? Jesus. Who told you that? He, the voices dude, in your some, head? Dude, some asshole on Twitter. Oh, Nick Martini. I guess the A's didn't know what the fuck they're doing. I go, well, the A's are fucking fighting for a wild card. Who told you that? Neil Martini? Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. Fuck Nick Martini. So if they, Nick Martini's starting next year, coming into spring training... Fuck it, dude. I will never root for this team. So they're 68 and 78, assuming they win tonight. So that means they got fucking, what do they got to go, They got to go 10 and 7. They got to go 10 and 7 down the stretch, <laughs> huh? You nervous? A little bit. Fucking the Cubs. They actually have something to play for. God. The Cubs aren't doing jack shit. Cubs are taking it right in the face like they do. But fuck the Cubs because fuck Michael Wilbon. I'm what do you do? Dude, fucking Michael Wilbon is everything just pro Chicago. I can't take it. Like, he doesn't even do any homework at all on PTI anymore. All right, before we get out. Uh, right, yeah, go ahead, because I got a couple things I want to bring up, but I'll bring them up after the commercials. Go okay, ahead. real quick. Um, feels like there's a vibe that Jed Hoyer may be done in Chicago. They promoted Jason McLeod today. How about that? Used to be a Padre, too. And there's a lot of talk that Hoyer may be out, that Hoyer might be interested in that Red Sox job, which is interesting that he go back there. That yep. Red Sox job seems like a disaster. How many presidents have they been through? Like five, four or five in the last, well, since the, yeah. starting with Theo? I mean, they fire presidents all the time. Yeah, I mean, Lucky was there, and then Theo had that, and then Ben Charrington, and now Dombrowski, and then whoever the fuck's coming in next. You I know, don't know. You know, one thing about the Red Sox, Kornheiser said it today on PTI. It was pretty interesting, talking about how the Dodgers have won seven straight and he goes, you know what? The Red Sox have won five division titles, but they've won the World Series four of those five years. Yeah. I mean, that's fucking finishing the deal. Yeah. It's good. You know. And and dumb shit Barry Bloom. <laughs> you hate Bloom and you hate Buster. No, I don't hate Bloom. I actually like Barry a lot. I like Barry a lot. If I call Barry a dumb shit, I'm just fucking around busting balls. I like him. Only, only won't admit that he has a personal grudge against the organization. So I just. Why would that be? Do you honestly believe that? 
What do you yeah, th- what I, do you, I asked people in the organization. I said, am I out of my mind? They said, we don't think so. We think, and I said, okay, here's what I believe. I believe because he was incredibly giddy on the trade deadline day of whatever year that was, 2015, I believe, when they had Kemp and Uptins and Kimbrell and all those guys. Yeah. I was watching the trade deadline show with him and Stark and Kirkjian and all these guys. Yeah. And they were expecting Preller to clean house and make like 10 moves. Jim Bowden, all those dudes. And if you remember, trade deadline comes at 1 o'clock and nothing happens. And I, I said to them, I go, man, they were all about AJ, rock star GM. He's going to do all this stuff. He's going to be crazy, watch all these deals. And to me, it felt like they had been promised something that wasn't delivered. Yeah. And I said to the Padres, that to me is in my mind when the time frame started. And I was told by a couple of people in the organization, we won't disagree with you. He says no. He says he has no grudge against them, but just randomly the other day, he says, well, the Padres are looking at their ninth straight losing season, just writes it randomly. Other people pointed out, well, what about this team? What about that team? And he just ignores it. Yeah. I know dirt on that little shit. (laughs) I know a lot of dirt on that little fucking weirdo. He's a little fucking weirdo. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you one thing. I don't let little fucking weirdos get in my head. He hasn't written anything that's been wrong so far. Would you say? <laughs> I'm just saying. They got well, to win to set them the fuck up. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, he writes yeah. that shit. Yeah. And I mean, then you're go, like, well. Yeah, if you want to hear something good, go call Mickey Coke. He'll make you feel really fucking good. I like Mick. I you know, so do the pod. I don't. My point is, you know what? Stop selling sunshine all the time. You haven't seen it. Fuck. Kevin Towers, what do you say? Don't worry about the games in September. They don't mean shit. Oh, you're probably a big fan of the Giles Brothers, too, aren't you, you asshole? I'm not a fan of the Giles Brothers. Not gonna, How do you still have a job? Not that crazy. How are you still on the air? Fuck. Jesus. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> I didn't see you in that fucking video hugging, hugging uh, Fran Mill, you fucking hater. Dude, which, which is so fucking ridiculous, too. Come on. What the fuck's wrong with you people? We can go through a list of about five Padres where you're going to look back and go, what the fuck's wrong with you people? What? Oh, now Paul McAnulty's a douche? Yeah. McAnulty's a douche. Fucking a- Champ Summers was a douche, dude. Look up his goddamn numbers. It's embarrassing when people talk about Champ Summers. You said it to me yesterday. Yeah. I'm, Who was the guy that we should have been fucking hugging? Dirty Kurt. Dirty Kurt. Who still lives here. Yeah. Champ doesn't him. live here anymore. Who? Champ Summers doesn't live here anymore. I don't think he's living anywhere he's except for in a box. That's true. That's true. Godspeed, Champ. <laughs> I try not to laugh. Godspeed. Champ. Jeez. Fucking Champ. Eric Owens, fuck off. My dirty shirt. Yeah, my dirty shirt. Six weeks of a dirty shirt. But you guys fucking love Eric Owens. If he's fucking playing for the Indians, they're going to go see him at Angel Stadium, you dumb shits. Good job spending all that gas money, hanging out with the Fram Mill. Hope it was worth it. Fucking idiots. Jesus, dude. It's a fucking joke. God dang, man. We fall in love with the dumbest fucking guys. I don't know what to tell you. Fuck. Whatever. All I know is you assholes better hope the Dodgers never fucking win because they never have anything to say to me. So fuck off. 
Seven straight. Magic Johnson fucking becomes president of the goddamn team or whatever the fuck his title is. Guess what? Finish in first place every year. And we were at 1090 when he got that shit. Remember that? Yeah. Damn. I was just letting you go. Go I was ahead. Like, who are you talking Dude, to? There's so many guys I don't want to mention that I actually like. Fuck. Oh, shit. I know. If we didn't have Tony Gwynn, dude, what would we be saying about this organization? Trevor. I know, Trevor is great. Fuck. What else do we have? Trevor? And, you know, shit. It's disappointing that Rivera fucking became the all-time closer, too, because fucking Trevor was great. Trevor's a man. Jeez. Trevor's a man. Even Loretta's fucking with the Cubs right now. Fuck. He, people, God damn it. People want to see Loretta as the new manager. You want to see that? It's a bench coach, isn't he, for the goddamn uh, Cubs? Yeah. He might be the guy there. He might be the guy there. I don't know. Would you take Loretta here as the manager next year? Um, Man, I like Mark a lot. I like Mark a lot. Um, Would you take Joe? Joe Madden won't come here. Would you take Joe Madden here? Yes. Yeah, I would too. I don't think they would, they would hire Joe. No, I think Joe goes to the Angels. Yeah, I really hope so. Um, I hope Joe doesn't leave baseball. I, I like the way Joe does his thing. I love the stat yesterday that Boach... Started managing in 1995, it's 2019, and as of today, this morning, his regular season record was 1995 and 2019. Yeah. Like, A, who the fuck has that time yeah. to look that up? But that was really cool. Boach isn't coming here either. No. No fucking chance uh, he's coming Boach here. Boach doesn't want to come here. No, he doesn't want to go. He loves... If you go on to the Giants Facebook page, the Giants Facebook page has... Like a thousand videos from this year. Like they post two videos a day, if not more. And so there's tributes, right? Trevor, Greg Vaughn, Randy Smith did a tribute to Boach. Really cool. Huey Lewis. There's an unbelievable video tribute that Vin Scully did for Boach on his final game yeah. at uh, at Dodger Stadium, which is so good. Then they show him and Theo. Final game at Wrigley Field for Boach. Now, I, man, Dave, I don't know that Boach is coming back. I don't think he comes back. I mean, to baseball or baseball to, yeah. at all? Still wouldn't surprise me. He He's a um, Hall of Famer, man. No, which is outstanding. I mean, there aren't too many Hall of Famers that have losing records overall. You yeah. know what I mean? Which yeah. would be absolutely outstanding. Well, that's he, yeah, 1995 and 2019. So I sent that to a few of us today. I go, hey, let's just ignore the fact it's 24 games under 500. <laughs> But I, um, I think it's goddamn cool, and it says a ton about Boach. Forget about the World Series years. With this team this year, where the Giants were expected to be a distant last-place team, I mean, he can win five fucking games in the next three weeks, yes. right? Yep. To get to 2,000 wins? Yep. I mean, that's what I'm looking at. Get to 2,000 fucking wins... And it's even cooler. I don't know, man. He gets to 2,000, like, with the three championships in five years. I'm not 100% sure he comes back. Did you see the see what the Dodgers gave him last week as his final uh, visit? No, to I Dodgers saw State. the Vin video, but I didn't see what they gave him. They gave him a – it was a framed Sandy Koufax jersey, but Sandy Koufax wrote a whole message to him about wow. how, how great his past was and, and wishing you all the best in the future. and. It was cool. So Dave Roberts is at home plate with the microphone, and he says to Boach, you want to talk? No? And just walks no, off. Just six. leaves. Just leaves. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. But it was cool to see that Bochy holds the record for the most wins against the Dodgers at Dodgers right. Stadium. 
Incredible. That is incredible. Yeah, I think uh, I've not talked to him. I left him alone. I left Weddle alone this week after Weddle fucking leaked all over the field. Jesus, that was crazy. Crazy, right? Left him alone. Um, but, like, uh, well, Boach in the offseason, I'll ask him to come in here and hang out. That would be cool as hell. You know, I, I, real quick, you brought up Weddle's name, and I thought one of the coolest things for Eric was that the fact the Rams named him a captain. Yeah. Aaron Donald's not a captain. Right. But but Eric Weddle's a captain. Yeah. That says a lot. I mean, that's really fucking cool. I also thought it was crazy that Weddle said the best player he's ever played with in his NFL career is Aaron Donald. It shows you that. What is it? Is that guy must be as good as everybody <laughs> says he is because you don't pay attention to the nose tackle unless he makes, no. uh, makes a play. But he goes, he's the best football player I've ever played with. Um, but the bleeding was crazy. Concerned. He leaking. Dude, he was like a faucet. He leaking. How does that fucking happen when you're wearing a helmet? I don't know. I I have a confession to make. And I know there are people that are probably upset by what I said tonight and question a lot of things I said. Let me tell you where I'm at in my life. And I don't know if you want to do a GoFundMe and set the goal at $500,000. <laughs> I wouldn't talk you out of it. <laughs> I can't get enough of this fucking Twitter account. 30 second fights. I can't get enough of that. Yeah. And then there's like about 25 offshoots of these things. And I'm telling you, Dave, it's terrible that I have watched more girls from the inner city beat the living shit out of each other. And I look at that's not good. That's <laughs> nothing. But I am fascinated by their ability to throw a million punches yeah. and take a million punches. These girls throw and they take each other by the hair and they fucking throw you like those guys throw bales of hay onto the back of a flatbed and they just take. <laughs> and every time the weed falls out, there's a part of me that celebrates for the person who who accomplished that. Yay. Yeah. And there's a part of me that feels sad for the person that just had that $9 hair extension left in the middle of the yard <laughs> where sugar just took a piss. Ah, damn. You're not getting that back. Like they start the fight. They all have those same spandex pants on. Yes. Size adjustable. And, uh, and the, all of them, the hair looks good. Hair looks good. And then the fight starts. Yes. And then I'll tell you one I saw yesterday. Two girls fighting, and the sweatshirt came off. And I tell you, Dave, I hate to admit it. And I really do. I hate to admit this. I was fascinated by how perfect her rack was. <laughs> I was like, God, look at those tits. Shit. And she's beating the shit out of that other chick. My God. If she lived local, I'd take her to Fridays. Because <laughs> you're classy again. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah. There's so many of those 30 second fights that I watch with the volume how many, off. How many? Why? And, well, because uh, I'm somewhere. Let's say wherever I'm at. Okay, I'm Target. I'm not going to watch how it. How many there. fights did you watch from inside Popeyes when they didn't have the sandwich? And oh guys my God. Just, yeah. just went fucking oh, I, crazy. I, I watched all this, and I'm like, I got to retweet this, and then I got to no, go. No, exactly. That's my point. I got to wait till hear the volume on to hear what's said. No. Otherwise, you got to be careful. Oh, dude. Yeah. 
Yeah, why can't people just fight and keep all the racial slurs no, out of it? That, it? No, it's like saying, why can't you just have a grilled cheese without the cheese? It's all part of the total package. It's a BLT, Dave. Not just a B. It's all part of it. You're right. It's the weave. It's the insanely amazing yeah. things that pop out. <laughs> it's the language. It's the rapid fire. And I'll tell you what, with all respect to the guys that get in fights on those things and beat up bullies and all yeah. that, I like that too. When the bully gets really close, hey, what's up? What's up? What are you going to do? What's up? And the guy just comes out of nowhere, bang! And just, bully just goes cold. Boom! Yeah, those are falls. the best ones. I love the karma fights. Jesus. Yeah, karma fights. Yeah, I love the karma fights. Oh, great. that's a rabbit hole. Like that's that. a rabbit hole. That, I tell you, those and the damn Barry McCockner ones cracked me up, man. That they're, guy, yeah. Great. He, he just changed, I can't remember the name of it. He just changed his handle because he kept getting busted. He kept saying uh, NFL Major League Baseball freaked out. and really? said, Yeah, because... Because he what he does, you know. Yeah. Have you ever fallen for it for one of his deals? Oh yeah, where, absolutely. Where he, changes for Scheffner, yeah. or changes for Ken Rosenthal or somebody. When Skip Bayless wrote it, read it on the air. Oh my god, dude, it was the yeah. best. It was the best. And so you sit there and you, you sit there and you laugh your ass off on this guy and his 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 handle. Oh my well, gosh. Well, just remember when you're reading the Sunday paper, and you're like, oh man, it's a really good story about Dave and Jeff. Just remember, we're like, fuck. There's another karma fight. <laughs> We're not the role models, Esteban. Esteban, that we should be. Esteban and... Fabian. Fabian. Dang it, guys. I tried to tell you in Balboa Park. You are not good with names. Well, not only that, but I told him I was not a role model. And they were like, oh, we know that. I'm like, don't get excited, asshole. We just said we like the show. It's for whatever we have going wrong. We listen to you for 45 minutes, and we're like, fuck, at least we're not as stupid as that guy. I go, great, what? <laughs> All right. All right, I want to I get a couple other things before we get out of here, but I do want to mention the guys that helped the show go. Of course, Alan Taylor with Taylor Made Pools. Again, you've been thinking about that pool. I've been thinking about that pool. Next place I move to, don't think I'm not calling Alan Taylor. Right. Taylor Made Pools is a place to be. More than 20 years in San Diego, the perfect pool is waiting right for you. All you have to do is call this phone number, 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. What a perfect day in San Diego today. It felt like the humidity is finally under control. It felt like the heat was under control. And it actually felt like it was that way, Dave. North County, South County, and even East County as well. That being said, I felt like today might have been the most perfect day for a pool that we've had in two months. Yes. Maybe I'm wrong. But I think you all get what I'm saying. As wonderful as it would be to jump out there with the heat and humidity, man, when the weather's perfect and a little bit of marine layer, no better place to be. And I think the great thing is you don't have to think old school, just boring rectangle pool. Oh, it's three feet over here. And we got that stupid blue and white rope with the buoys. And then it's seven feet over here. And we've got a diving board too. Hey, no, man, get that goddamn grotto. Cause I tell you what, you put the grotto in and you're going to hear this. Hey, honey, what do you think? Oh, I wonder who's here at the door. Let's go see. Come on, sugar, let's go see. And you open up the door. Hey, honey, guess who's here? It's Nicole Eggert in the cast of Baywatch. Hi, Nicole. 
But it can't happen if you don't call TaylorMade Pools. Absolutely. Also, don't forget to call Dan Williams. He'll help you afford that pool from TaylorMade Pools. Dan's your guy when it comes to finances. What are you waiting for? Dan is the guy that T-Bone Pickens used to call. Yes. And now he ended up a billionaire. It's unbelievable. T-Bone Pickens couldn't afford a T-Bone. He was eating a cube steak. God damn, two calls and hanging out with Dan. And he's like, I'll take one billion T-Bones. <laughs> Dan's your guy, again, to help you with all the financial needs that you're thinking about. What about investing your money? What about stretching your money to make it last a lifetime? Smartest call you can make is call Dan Williams at 858-688-6813. 858-688-6813. Well, the one thing I didn't do was borrow smart. And the one thing I'm going to have to figure out how to do is repay smart when this Padre team... Fucks me, fucks Dan, and we all got to give you, you dick, a hundred bucks. Thank God I read Dan's book, Borrow Smart, Repay Smart. It's the cornerstone of his mortgage practice because it's going to help you incorporate your mortgage plan into your overall financial plan. Well, there's 10 of us where our overall financial plan's about to take a hit. Don't let it be you. Get Dan's book for free, sandiegolending.us slash Dave Jeff. Then give them a call, 858-688-6813. Boy, I will tell you, it feels like right now, Dave, there are still people buying. Got to mention it tonight, man. Our old friend Bubba, where this show started, in Bub's garage, a guy that Bubba, Amber, Little Bubs, Little Benny, they are moving out of La Mesa. Wow. They're moving out. And I was over by there tonight, and you see that in escrow sign. And you go, man, oh, man, it's just sad. So many great memories with that family. Bigger and better things coming up for them. But it's one thing to borrow smart, but for whoever's buying that house, you got to know how to repay smart, too, making sure you can afford it. That's why they should do what you should do, and that's called Dan, 858-688-6813. Absolutely. Also, don't forget about the people over at Hot Sauces and Morgan's Hot Sauces, the letter nmore.com. Talked to Brian just yesterday over yeah. there, and guess what? They're getting rid of the farmer's market. Why? Hell if I know. Oh, because it's fall? It could be. He didn't give me the explanation. He said, hey, if you think you're coming by with the farmer's market, he goes, it's not happening anymore over the Otay Ranch Mall. But look, he's still there. Okay. Otay Ranch Mall. I'll be Mall, there this weekend. Right next to Macy's. Exactly. He's expecting you there because he knows it's a big birthday for you as well. 100. So, so <laughs> you're going to listen to Al Roker say, I want to wish a happy 100th <laughs> birthday to Jeff Dotson. <laughs> Again, hot sauce is more of everything you possibly need for that perfect barbecue. Plus, they sell meat in there as well. Um, So it was funny. I was at my kid's house tonight. And they're like, hey, what are we doing? Because this weekend. And so we're doing a little dinner Friday night, little thing Saturday. And then Sunday, we're grilling. And we're grilling on Sunday. I already told you my sons are super excited because we're going to grill twice. We're going to grill in the afternoon for lunch for NFL football. And then we're grilling at night for WWE. Cool. Uh, whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> I don't know. Some WWE shit. Yeah. And so I was talking to their mom and I go, okay, what's like, what's your plan on Sunday? She said, oh, I'm going to be around you know, a couple things to do. I got to clean the house. I'm like, well, shit. She's like, don't sweat it. I know what you <laughs> don't do. Don't sweat it. She's like, I know what you guys are doing. You're watching football. You're grilling. You'll probably fall asleep on the couch. She's like, it's fine. You're all covered. I was like, great. So I said to my son, Cade, hey, Saturday, we're going to the Otay Ranch Mall because he wants to learn how to grill. And I said, well, one of the first places we got to stop is go down and see Brian and the gang at Hot Sauces and more. So we're going to go down. We're going to talk burgers. We're going to talk steaks. We're going to talk 
dry rubs, marinades, the whole thing. And I'm going to let Cade pick some stuff out and check Good. it all out. And Sundays, I'm just going to kind of, you know, be there to kind of keep him in his lane. But yep. whatever he wants to barbecue, I'm going to show him how to do it. Get a nice. Here's the other thing, Dave, and it sounds dumb, but I'm telling you, for anybody, get a really cool meat thermometer. It'll make your life so much easier. It won't be the grilling or it won't be the guessing game. You'll know exactly where you want your steaks to be, where you want your burgers, especially if you're cooking chicken. All of it at Hot Sauces and more. Brian, I'll see you Saturday. Absolutely. Brian Curry selling real estate all over San Diego County for more than 20 years. He's my real estate agent. I recommend you use him as well. I talk to Brian every day. Every yeah, single great. day I talk to Brian, not because he's annoying me, because he's helping me. He answers all my, my phone calls. He sends me emails every single day of uh, potential houses to move to. He's been holding my hand through this entire process. What neighborhood he's giving you right now? Uh, where's, you know what? He showed me places outside of here because we said, you know what? We've always been in you know, oh, yeah. East Eastlake area. What would it be like to live somewhere else? He showed us places, other places. Then I said, Dude, I'm coaching baseball at Benita. My wife right. works at Tula School here. District. Stay, stay, out of the stay here. Exactly. So we're going to stay in the community. He's helping us find a house close to here as well. But man, every single day, he's been so helpful. He's been absolutely amazing. He'll walk you through the process as well. 619 251 1588. 619 251 1588. Well, I texted him today. I said, you know what, Brian? I think what Dave and Rita would like is a nice manufactured home right on the water of the Tijuana River Valley. <laughs> and he said, you know what? I think you're exactly right. I said, the one thing Dave loves to do in that Tijuana River Valley is fly fish. <laughs> you, you and John Soderman. Yes. You guys will be out there. And uh, who else will be with you? John's a fly fisher. F fly fisherman, I should say. Yeah, you, and Bryce. I think Bryce Miller's a fly fisherman. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't want Bryce down there fly fishing. <laughs> I want you. With his rubber boots. Yeah, you, John Soderman from KUSI. You, probably you, Paul Rudy. Paul Rudy. And uh think, who else do we Ted have? Ted Williams is a big, big, big fly fisherman as yeah, well. Yeah, you know, I think well, you'd have a nice day fly fishing with down there off your backyard. Saw. <laughs> Fuck that. Come on, Bubba. You're going to throw it, Bubba? I'm going to baptize you, old man. You shut the fuck blah, up. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> man down. Uh Curry's the best, and he really is great. And I think, Dave, right now, the peace of mind that you have, I got to tell you, the garage looks amazing. I know you're... <laughs> Shut up, asshole. <laughs> Just think, every time you take one of those water bottles, it's one less thing I got to yeah, worry about. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm going to take another one for the drive home. You're welcome. Um, the great thing is, even though Dave's done not a goddamn thing to keep the process moving... Uh, Brian Curry's going to get it done. I'm super excited for you, man. It'll be great. You guys will get it done. You'll feel great about it, but complete peace of mind, Dave, right? With yep. everything else going Absolutely. on. Nobody better than Brian Curry. Uh, you're right. And also, don't forget about Kyle Fluger, our website, jakesprojects.org. And, of course, DaveAndJeffShow.com. Kyle, Kyle Fluger put it all together for us. He will help you through the website as well. Extremely busy. Make sure you call Kyle if you have something coming up in the near future. He can put you on the calendar. 619 Five hundred six six two one. No joke. People are listening to what we're saying, and they're calling Kyle at 619-500-6621. I couldn't be more happy with that site, especially on a day like today when I wanted to go find the Mike Pomeran show and put that link out. And knowing that if people went to the Dave and Jeff show page, DaveAndJeffShow.com, my friend Gary Merton uh, said, hey, where can I find back shows? I said, they're all on the website. 
And if you're like us and it's cool to throw the link out to your website, good for you. But if you're not, if you're kind of embarrassed by it, nobody better that can help you out immediately than Kyle. Absolutely. All right. So a couple things I'm going to throw at you really fast. And All right. We'll, let's go. We'll get on out of here. Um, number one. Okay. Lynn Swan resigns right. from, from USC. Good. That's what I was saying. Okay, do you think it's a good deal because he was tied to Clay Helton and makes it that much easier for USC to hire Urban Meyer? Well, I didn't see anything yet about Urban Meyer, but I would love that hire for USC. Um, I subscribed to the LA Times, and I read Dylan Hernandez, and I read Bill Plaschke. Look, Lynn Swan, Mike Garrett, Pat Hayden, the only thing that those guys knew anything about from an athletic department is that they played athletics at USC. And the new president came in, gave Lynn Swan three months. You're the only university involved in both scandals. You were involved yep. in the point-shaving scandal, and then you were involved in the college admission scandal where you had coaches taking money and just embarrassing the organization. And Lynn Swan couldn't do anything to get it intact. We've told you we like USC. I'm glad he's out. I have to be honest, when I looked at the list of names being talked about, Dave, I don't know anything about any of these people, but I like the fact that the LA Times, Plaschke, and Hernandez really put a lot of pressure on USC and said, look, I don't care if you have billionaire boosters that have strong-armed you into hiring these guys in the past. You have to tell them no chance. Well, yeah. that may be easier said than done, but ultimately, Lynn Swan seems like a very nice guy. He was completely the wrong guy. Uh, to run USC, and I'm glad he's out. All right. The other thing was a story came out in California that NCAA athletes can get paid for using their likeness. I heard that today on, uh, I think, on Darren's show. Darren had it. Okay. So here's the, the story is, first of all, you think right away, at least I do, that's a huge advantage to SC and UCLA as far as recruiting goes against, let's say, for football against Alabama, UCLA, let's say, for Duke. We'll just go into extremes. Sure. There's no way the NCAA lets this shit go, right? Correct. Come tournament time or bowl games, all of a sudden these guys are going to be ineligible. I mean, there's a major fucking problem coming down the line. It's not going to be as easy as what we think it is. Yeah, it's a really weird story, and I thought the point that Darren made today, and apparently J.D. Wickers said it as well, it, it really gets confusing because if, it, if it's working here and it's not working in Nevada – who does that benefit, right? Does that benefit the Aztecs? Does it benefit UNLV? Who's it benefit? Because if the Aztecs are like, look, I don't have the money to pay every one of these guys for use of their likeness. Well, where's it going to be? I don't know. Whole lot to sort through. I get what um, the senator is preaching, and I know there were some athletes that jumped behind it. Dave, ultimately, I feel like these kind of things... It's like when the minimum wage got changed, right? Yeah. And everybody felt great about the minimum wage and it went way up. Well, guess what happened? It put a lot of mom and pop shops out of business because when they were paying people seven bucks an hour, they could afford to keep the lights on. But when they had to start paying people 15 bucks an hour, they couldn't afford to stay in business. And now you're out of that job. So, I don't know. Did you ultimately win or did you ultimately lose? I don't know how it works, but I think there's a lot to be sorted through before it really comes to light. Kind of interesting as far as uh, what direction it, it goes as far as the NCAA and as far as, as you said, 
uh, moving forward, it, it's confusing as can be. I mean, for a number of years, it looks like this is going to be confusing. Also, do you get athletes that all of a sudden, let's say you're at San Diego State, and you start demanding the ball more because yeah. you, you, you all of a sudden your stat lines mean something more than just getting drafted. You want a paycheck. Well, I liked it from a fan's perspective. Again, I'll give credit where it's due to Darren, who said, well, what would Zion have done if this had been intact You know, a couple of years ago? Would he have skipped uh, his opportunity to play at Duke, and would he have gone to UCLA? Yes. Right? That's have, what I would do. Yeah. Uh, Andy Enfield in trouble, too. Not only Clay Helton in trouble, but Andy Enfield in trouble at USC, too. Wow. So just kind of circling back to that. But, yeah, I don't know, Dave, I don't know how easy that will be. And, and really, I don't know enough about it to tell you whether I like it or I don't like it. It was uh, interesting. They just showed the the stat line of the Mets game where you were talking. On, mm -hmm. on, you know what the Mets' final stat line was tonight? No. Nine runs, 11 hits. Oh, wow. Kind of crazy, isn't it? Oh, wow. Yeah, kind of, kind of wild. Um, and uh, the last thing I was going to bring up, Antonio Brown. Yeah. Now all of this stuff comes up. If you're the New England Patriots, do you play him against the Miami Dolphins? Do you sit him out a week? What do you do while this whole thing's going on with these rape allegations? Text messages are terrible. Um, I read the whole allegations last night. Incredibly, incredibly awful. But it wouldn't shock me... I heard Mike Florio, who I thought Mike was very good this morning on Dan Patrick's show. Uh, I wasn't listening to the Ben Higgins show, and I heard uh, Mike Florio say that the victim has agreed to work with the NFL, yep. but it's Wednesday today, doubtful that she would meet with the league before Saturday, which means that the league according to Florio, more than likely would not put um, Antonio Brown on the exempt list for this weekend. Um, I like how everybody was shocked by the Patriots, and then that just gives you the opportunity to see a laundry list of things that have happened to that organization in the last couple of years. Dave, I, I have not paid a huge amount of attention to Antonio Brown. I knew he was an amazing player with Pittsburgh, but as far as off the field, and maybe credit goes to Mike Tomlin and the whole organization that they kept everything under control. I thought what Derek Carr said tonight was pretty good, or maybe it was after the Monday night game where he said, look, he's a friend. Uh, we had a whole lot of fun in practice, and now he's on another team. He's the Patriots issue. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're still innocent until proven guilty, right? Yeah, that's a, that's true. I mean, but, it, it, for the Patriots, it's one of those where you go, as you said, there's, there's a laundry list, but it always seems like the Patriots, and you can say whatever you want about the deflate gate, mm -hmm. is they get away with some stuff that you go, what the fuck? Right, right? a you lot of sit things. There and you go, what the fuck? Where you want to sit there and admire greatness, but at the t same time you go, well, what the fuck did it take? And how come... Guys like Patrick Chung aren't penalized, and how come uh, Kraft is getting jerked off, and how come and he's still still owning the team and allowed to be in his facility, whereas Ursay gets a DUI and can't show up for eight weeks. You know what I mean yeah. with the Colts? And he goes, "Nobody died from getting jerked off." Yeah. Dave. <laughs> I asked TT Boy that. He said it. I said, "Hey TT Boy, is anybody ever?" And he goes, "Oh, oh, no." So he said. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, I take it back then. All right. Okay, so here's my one question about Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. He's been the best receiver in the NFL since he's come into the league. Right. You know, receptions and yards, everything else. Is Antonio Brown, does he make the Hall of Fame? In that room when they have to vote, does they vote him in as a Hall of Famer? You're supposed to vote on those guys strictly on the field, but you know off the field comes into it. Yes. I just, when, you, when you're reading everything that happened, and again, I... I don't know anything. I don't know him. I don't know her. But you go through and you read that whole thing and you go, God, this is just terrible. It's just terrible. And then he's sending text messages to her, apparently. Sending text messages where he's, uh, again, assuming it's from him. The the screen capture says it's from him. And he's basically admitting to part of what she accused him of. I mean, it's really, really bad, but uh, we weren't there. We just, we weren't there. And so the one thing I learned from being in a relationship with an attorney for 15 years, you just got to be really, really careful before you rush to judgment. It's a really, really bad look across the board for, for the league, for the player, for the team. So I don't know. I mean... I'll tell you as a Raider fan. Um, Do you think the Raiders knew this was coming? One of the reasons they cut ties? I would have no idea. No idea. I say they knew. Really? I say, yeah, $30 million is a lot of fucking money. Well, yeah, but I, I think they knew it was coming. Well, I, I, I've i seen everybody start talking about this idea that he was ready to get the hell out of Oakland and that was all planned. And yeah. The punting of the football and everything else. Shit, I don't know anything on that either. But I I listened to Eric Dickerson the other day. I thought Eric Dickerson was really, really good on 570. And that was before these allegations had come out. And he was just talking about everything else. And he said, the thing that Antonio Brown needs to realize is they can get you out of this league really quick and they can keep you out of this league. Yep. Um, what may have surprised me the most was the amount of people that came out, former players that have vocally been very, very vocal in criticizing Antonio Brown across the board for everything he did. Yeah. I mean, I I just, I don't know. If I was a Patriots fan, would I want him on my team? I'd say no. I don't. Let him be somebody else's problem. But I don't know what he did or what he didn't do. So... What the league sorted out, let the legal system sort it out, and hopefully it, it gets sorted out correctly. But, man, it it didn't look good. No. It sure didn't look good. Hey, I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> I'm not going to say a damn thing. Man, oh, man, I tried to make a couple of comments a couple of weeks back on my show, and a lot of people, I feel <laughs> like, unjustly came after me. <laughs> and the one thing I don't see, Dave, I'll tell you, 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 I barely heard you guys defend me. Barely. We did. We did. In our way, we did. Yeah. It's really nice when I'm sitting there in the morning. I read your shithead kids cereal, and I don't see my favorite cereal on there at all. What was, what's your favorite cereal? Bran. Bran. Just Bran? Straight. <laughs>
listen, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I work late at night. I like a Yoohoo in the morning. It's refreshing. Brings back my youth when I played on Al Smith. Dude, I'd love to Garden. see Coach drinking a Yoohoo. Oh, they're good. There have been days when I started to have two and then I got a little bit. You got a little bit. I'm not lactose intolerant, but you drink two of those and you'll, it'll work you over a little bit. That 10 o'clock appointment becomes 1030. <laughs> But it did improve my crossword game. <laughs> but I, I would just say I have a track record of wonderful broadcasting uh, achievements in this town. I've won awards. And, boy, everybody just jumped all over me. And every time I turn on social media, here's that goddamn OJ bitching about his fantasy football team and nobody says shit to him. Was he a three-letter guy in basketball at Tory? No. But he just gets goddamn free reign, doesn't he? And I went to Tory like Ben Higgins. Did he defend me on the Ben Higgins show? I don't know because I wasn't listening, but I hope he did. <laughs> but I'm just going to say this. I'm not going to say anything about Antonio Brown, and I'm not going to say anything about that woman. Basically, because I don't know either one of them. But I'm not even going to say anything about how many friends I have that may look different than you, Dave, because that could be that could be a little <laughs> bit confusing, too. I just want you to know tomorrow coming up on the show. Yeah, what's going up? Well, it's going to be a good show. We're going to have Bruce Marshall on from the Gold Sheet. <laughs> and then uh, it's really, really going to be exciting. We're going to have my assistant producer is going to come on. I'm really, really excited. Uh, we call him Nails, and the morning show's got a hammer. We're going to have our guy Nails come on, <laughs> and I'm going to interview him for 15 minutes, and we're going to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. And if you call me and say that's the shittiest radio ever, I'm going to tell you, no, it wasn't. It was great. It was great because I don't know shit. <laughs> that was kind of more directed, even though it's in my voice at somebody else. Coach does no shit. He does no shit. That's he what the bumper sticker says. Coach no shit. 12 to 3, the fan. That should be a joke. <laughs> hey, be here tomorrow. It's going to be a great show. Jay Paris is going to be here. We're going to talk to Jay about great memories of Boost Bochi. And then we're going to have uh, assistant San Diego Gulls coach Pierre Paget. The coach no shit. Noon to 3. <laughs> When's Scott Miller coming on? Uh, Scott Miller will be on. We're trying to taper that down, so he's only on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. <laughs> hey, what was our station called before we were the fan when we were all edgy? What were they calling us? The machine. The machine, that's right. <laughs> I don't think I could have worked at the machine. You know what I like, Dave? I When I see a girl online in a bikini it makes me nervous because i feel like i'm not being a good man to my family so what i appreciate is old school 1940 synchronized swimming one piece <laughs> lower the better bring it down to the ankle all safe here like we used to do at the community pool and i'll tell you one thing dave you know all these people attack me on social media and just continue to attack me 
all these gutless people. I'll tell you, you want to know the difference between me and them? I'm the one classy enough to get out of the pool to go potty. <laughs> right. All right. When are we doing our next show? Uh, Sunday night. Okay. Well, I just want to make sure. I know it's a busy weekend for you. Yeah, Sunday night. Okay. We'll be here and uh, keep an eye out for the UT. I'm hoping that story runs Sunday. Hang in yeah. there. That's be, cool. Be a crazy couple Absolutely. of days. Well, I wish you a happy early birthday. As I appreciate well. it. I'll okay. take it. Yeah. You know what I hope happens for your birthday? I hope whoever you said you were going to beat up, I hope that guy drops you on 30-second fight. I hope one of those women come down with the gorgeous buxom body. Is that how you say it, Dave? Buxom? No, it's buxom. Oh, damn it. (laughs) All right, that's a long show. That's almost two hours. Shit. I got to get up tomorrow because coach knows shit. See ya. Go put the U's in the refrigerator. They're better cold. All right. Good night, everybody. Bye.